Hello, I'm Michael Cantrell, and you are listening to the Prison Officer Podcast, a place to have a conversation about the forgotten cops that work in this country's jails, prisons, and correctional centers. A place for me to try to make sense of a career spent working inside the fence with some of the greatest people that nobody sees or recognizes for the important job they do to keep this world safe. If you love this podcast, hit the follow button, or better yet, share with your family, friends, or coworkers. Hello, and welcome to the Prison Officer Podcast. Today, I have an acquaintance from LinkedIn. I haven't met him in person yet, but we've, we've talked on LinkedIn, and I've been following him for a long time um, because of his motivation and his, uh, a lot of his views on leadership. So I reached out and asked him if he'd come on the podcast here, and he agreed. So I'm really happy to have Associate Warden Arthur Fredericks. He has three decades of experience working in corrections and has worked at 11 institutions in six different states for five different agencies, which is just amazing. So he began his career as a jailer in Fort Worth, Texas, then became a correctional officer with the state of Florida before hiring on with the Department of Justice and the Bureau of Prisons, where I also worked. Associate Warden Fredericks assumed positions of greater responsibility throughout his moves and most recently served as the Associate Warden of Operations at Broad River Correctional Institution. He's a graduate of NIC's Leadership and Development for the Future and has recently completed the Warden Exchange Program as a cohort. And I'm going to ask him some more about that as we get going. But uh, welcome to the Prison Officer Podcast, Warden. Well, thank you very much. I, I, I consider it, uh, truthfully a privilege to be, uh, be on here. Like I said, I've been asked before and, and have been hesitant, and uh, it, this just seemed like the, uh, or the right fit, and I'm glad you had me, Mike. Excellent. excellent. I'm glad to have you here. So I, I start these interviews out the same way, and I'd kind of like to hear how you grew up and you know uh, what your life was like coming up as a kid and into high school and stuff, and then... We'll that's a, that's a that's a good uh, that's a that's a good way to start. Uh, um, I'm a big I'm a, I'm a big uh, Steve Covey uh, fan, and I and I believe that uh, uh, your your the way that you you grew up is, uh, forms your paradigm and the way you perceive the world. So um, I think I think it's a great question. Well, I, I was um, uh, I'm originally from New York. Uh, I was equally raised in New York and uh, Texas, uh, Fort Worth, Texas, to be ex- exact. Uh, I come from a single parent family. My uh, my father raised me on his own. And uh, and during the early '70s, that was a that was a real oddity. I, matter of fact, I was one of the few kids, probably in any of my schools, whose parents were divorced, and uh, I think I was the only one that was raised uh, by a father. So, uh, and 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 I will say, I had an amazing childhood. Uh, uh, growing cool. up in, uh, uh, I was actually in West Babylon, Long Island. Um, uh, People knew my father was raising me by himself and uh, wasn't a really good cook. So subsequently, <laughs> I, I I was invited to a different household every night, and uh, and it was just a it was just an amazing experience. Uh, probably within a fifteen block area, I ate at everybody's home, uh, and it was it was just a great way to grow up. Um, moved to Texas in seventy nine. Um, and uh, started my high school uh, experience in Texas, and it was literally like moving to Mayberry. It was just, it was just an amazing, oh. again, amazing experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, high school. What'd you do in high school? Sports? Uh, I yeah, I played. I played football and I ran track. I was, I was an average, I, I really an average athlete. Uh, but again, I had another uh, a real, real amazing experience because, again, uh, my father because my father was raising me by himself. Uh, I was welcomed into every home. Uh, I visited and attended every church that exists in the state of Texas. Um, it was and it was it was just a really good. Uh, it, 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 like I said, I, I my I tried to explain it to my wife. Um, because it was just a really rich way to grow up because uh, uh, I got to, I got to be in many, many different households. I felt a lot of love. You had parents there that cheered for me just as equally as they cheered for their own children uh, when I played sports. So it was, it was a, yeah, it was a really neat uh, experience, and 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 I, and I and I don't hesitate to hesitate to say I was very poor. Uh, my my yeah. father was a machinist, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know we we. I, I I never realized I was poor because I had because I, I felt I had a really rich um, uh, upbringing, but uh, I was on I was on uh, uh, free lunch at school till I graduated from the time I started school till I graduated uh, high school, and uh, sure. it was it was just a 
like I said, to, my, my wife doesn't hesitate to point it out to me all the time. Um, but it, it re- I really, I really never knew I was poor, but, uh, my, like I said, my father was a machinist and he literally worked, uh, from the time he got up in the morning, uh, the sun wasn't out and he came home after the sun had went down and he, he actually did that his whole life. Matter of fact, he worked himself uh, to death. Actually, he, he died very, very early, uh, 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 from, uh, that effort. But, um, oh, yeah. like I said, that it, it was, I had an amazing experience and, and I, I, I went to uh, North Texas state for a period of time. Uh, so it, it was like I said, the Texas experience, I, I have to say was really, uh, uh, was really amazing. It was, it was like growing up, uh, uh you know, that movie uh, that used to be on Friday night lights that the, 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 the wow. town that I lived in was actually that real experience. It was, it was almost like a documentary. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the part that I always find really interesting because I, I talk to people about how they grew up and every, everybody's got a little different story. How'd you make that step into corrections? You know? Well, I, 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 well here's the thing. Um, um, I had been a uh, explorer. I had been a uh, uh, I don't remember if it was exact if it was police or sheriff it was uh, it was in Keller Texas I was I was uh, an explorer and at and at uh, one time earlier I was actually in Yavapai County which is a uh, uh, part of uh, upstate Arizona but anyway that that I, I had had basically a, a, a small experience in, into law enforcement uh, I really mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it but I will tell you just like a lot of us I wasn't moved by the money. And um, we were anticipating our first daughter, and 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 my rationale was, I need something where I'm not going to be laid off. I'm just going right. to tell you, that's honestly how I started. I said, I need something where I can do this for the longevity of my my children's life, so I can supply an income for them. And uh, and then, it, of course, as we all do, it grew into a really great experience. You know, the relationships you built sure. were amazing. Um, going to work every day, it turned out to be. You know, it's. Uh, I, I tell everybody when I speak. Uh, still to this day, I was always drew to work. I, 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 was, I was drawn to work. I was never mm-hmm. pushed to work. Right. Wow. Yeah, I think that's a common experience for a lot of us. Benefits. And I was talking to a lady the other day. She was talking about single mothers. And I think that's a big draw for single mothers these days because they can go to work in corrections and get a full range of benefits starting off. And having yeah, the it- opportunity to, to work different shifts, which sometimes for a single parent is a plus. That is an amazing. Yes, you're right. Especially when we see that with our staff a lot. Yeah, yeah. So where'd you start work at? Um, I start off. I was a uh, I was a uh, jailer at the, at at the time when I started the the, the position wasn't re- referred to as corrections. I was a jailer. Uh, I believe it was mm-hmm. jailer two, and that was uh, for the Tarrant County Sheriff's Department. Uh, I worked in a uh, um, what had been an old meat packing plant, which had been turned into a jail. It was called Green Bay Unit. And, uh, I just had a, it, it was just a, uh, a really, it was just a really good experience. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, I, especially now, as I look back, you know, as you tour people into prisons and those gates start closing behind you, you can see mm-hmm. that you can see, uh, uh, their face change. You can see their expressions change a little bit of tension in their neck even, you know, and, and, and yeah. I have to say, I, I never had that. I, it was, it was a very, uh, re, it was a very enjoyable experience going to work and, and, the, and being locked behind all those doors never, never really had a, a, an effect on me. So, um, I, I really liked it from the very beginning and, and I, I, and I enjoyed, uh, uh, I, when I was in uh, Tarrant County, I was under really good leadership, and, and it, it was a good way to get started. You think that was part of the reason why it wasn't as much of a, a change for you was because of the leadership and the people you were working with at the time? I, I, I would agree with that. you walked in? I, I, I really would have to say too, because they're, 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 uh, um, to, you took the county test just like anywhere uh, else and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and that determined if you were on a list or if you've got the job. So it, 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 we basically all came in with limited, you know, just your classroom instruction. So it wasn't like I had a whole lot of experience, but it really, uh, uh, yeah, the leadership there, I, it was, was really good. Um, it was, and, and, and again, it was a really good experience. The, uh, um, Going in every day, uh, the, the shifts we worked, uh, we had a very good bond. We had a camaraderie, and it was very similar to uh, to what you had experienced, like as an athletic, being a member of an athletic team. Yeah, yeah. And did you? Was it a rough jail? Did you have a lot of stuff going on in there? At that time, uh, uh, it was. It, 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 well, I mean, now yeah. if you look back, it was probably average. But um, we right. did we did we did a lot of. In, uh, uh, I was involved in from everything from intake to actually working in the the, the pods or the housing units as well. So you you yeah. you had you ran the gamut when you came to work there. 
That builds those bonds too. When you guys are having to deal with stuff on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. So next you went to state of Florida. What made you make that move? Uh, again, it was a, uh, uh, a necessity. Uh, we were going to spinning, having my first daughter and, uh, mm-hmm. we were going to move closer to a, a family, family. My wife had family in Jacksonville and I actually okay. had the privilege of, uh, in, in, in my bio, I, uh, I kind of leave it out, but it was, uh, I had experience to work for the state of Florida and I was also with JSO, uh, Jacksonville Sheriff's office for a period of time too. But it, okay. uh, it was, I can say that was as far as, uh, working experiences probably one of the most enjoyable i ever had working for the state of florida and probably the least uh paid at the time um the academy i believe was 14 or 16 weeks it was incredible and it was it to date it was literally one of the best experiences i went through was it extremely well ran academy uh, a lot of hands-on i believe that i went to the academy in olusty florida and you actually went to work every day at a small prison so when you were going through something that was being educated in food service, you you actually got mm-hmm. to go to food service. When you wanted to see what it was nice. going to be like to work in a housing unit, you got to you, you you got to go in and actually work in a housing unit. It was a great academy, uh, and 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 the subsequent um, uh, prison that I went to work for after, um, I was received with open arms. And like I said, I just moved there from the yeah. state of Texas. You have people there, you you know as well as I do from the feds. When you move, you're breaking into a group of people that have worked together for 25. years years so it, it's not necessarily immediately welcomed uh but i will right. i will say in florida it was a, it was a brotherhood from the very beginning very 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 good experience cool yeah I, when i opened up i uh, activated a prison and one of the first things i did when we started bringing in all the new hires I, we just grabbed the tables and i said no the housing units are empty we're going to the housing unit this is where we're going to hold class you know, if we talk about a tray slot, there's a tray slot. If we talk about showers, there's the showers, you know. And I think that was one of the smartest things I did for those students was to start doing classes in a housing unit. So if people can do that, that's a great idea. Yeah, that, that, that I loved it. And, and I thought that at that time, I thought that was very trendsetting as well because uh, uh, I had, the, the, the academy, and, and I said, in Fort Worth was basically a week. That was a real extensive academy. When you came out of there, you were prepared to be a professional correctional officer. Yeah. And Florida's came a long ways. They were traditionally low paying for a long time, but I think DeSantis just upped it by 33%. They got a large pay raise last year. So good for them. them. Yeah. So how long were you with Florida? Uh, a couple of years, uh, um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not going to lie. I, I my my motivation. Uh, uh, I love the profession, uh, so I wasn't reluctant to move, and I followed the money. Uh, I, went, I went from yeah. there to, to the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. I believe it was a ten thousand dollar increase. I was there a couple of years, yeah. and then uh, uh, we used to hold our briefings in the basement, and uh, and I started noticing we're missing people. People are people are disappearing from the briefings and I was still, right. I was still relatively uh, very young and I started asking, where are these people going? And, uh, they were going to interviews at Coleman, uh, mm. the, the new complex that had opened up for the, for the feds. Uh, Absolutely. so I did my research and I applied, um, and that's, that's actually where I did my first interview and where I did my first physical. Um, I wasn't uh, savvy uh, for the Bureau of Prisons, and I didn't realize um, when, you filled, when you filled out that bubble application, you really needed to turn it over. And on the back, you could put down your preferences of location. So I did not put wow. down a preference of location. Yes, ah. <laughs> so when they sent me back a letter 15 days later and they said, congratulations, you're going to Raybrook, New York. Well, that's the exact opposite of Florida. <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah. Well, Raybrook's a nice place. Uh, I've known a couple of people that worked up there. So how was your experience starting with the feds up there? It, it, again, I, I know I probably used the word too often. It was just amazing. It was a really, really good experience. Now, I will say that the uh, um, coming in as a new officer, uh, they were that most of those people had worked together their entire career. So it it, yeah. it, it requires you to to to, uh, to to kind of crack that code. Um, but it was a great place to work. You're, 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 how can you not love getting up every morning in the middle of the Adirondack Mountains? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. So as a rookie, and you already had some experience, so I'm always interested in this. You already had experience as a correctional officer. Yes, You come in as a rookie. What things were better and what things could have been improved uh, as far as what you were taught? 
Well, I, I, I have to tell you that the uh, um, well, you know, is uh, the the, the uh, Bureau of Prisons is a very predatory agency. They they hire people that are previously trained. I, I think that's why mm-hmm. their academy is is kind of is kind of condensed. Um, so a lot right. of similar similarities. Uh, you know, most of us operate off off the uh, off of uh, all the mandates from ACA anyway. So it, it, there, there are actually a lot of similarities. Uh, I immediately they immediately put me in in SHU, and I, I pretty much I stayed in SHU. Mm-hmm. For a significant uh, period of time, um, and then I, uh, I had a warden um, that, that basically uh, took me under his wing and said, uh, "You know, Artie, you've got four kids uh, in three years. You, you can't stay a CO for the rest of your career and make it." And and, and I and that really stuck with me. He took a he took a, a, an interest in him. me. Yeah, and believe it or not, that same warden sent me. A three by five congratulation, handwritten congratulation for my rest of my career in the bureau. Every time I was promoted. Wow, now, did so I, I'm sure it did. But is that one of the people that you know made a uh, impact on you and made you start studying leadership and stuff later on? Because that's a for him to to notice that about a, a CEO and, and be that involved in a CEO had to make an impact. We need more of that. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it really and it really did. I mean, I I don't know if if I uh, it, it was Warden Ron Wiley. I don't know if I'm allowed to to say that, yeah. and you can cut it out if you Absolutely. have to. But uh, yeah, he was he was just a he was he was just a great uh, great guy and sincere. You know, I mean, just just a genuine a genuine person. And and uh, mm-hmm. I of course, like you said, you try to emulate. We all do. We try to emulate uh, those yeah. good things about people that come come through our career and our life. And uh, and and yeah, it was it, it was a good. As a matter of fact. Um, I went from RHU there. I can't remember where he promoted me, but he gave me my first. He gave me my first uh, promotion and actually launched launched me for for what ended up being a, a really good career and also the uh, mm-hmm. going into administration. And I did. I and I did learn some qualities from. He was not a he was not a large man, but anywhere he entered, he had a, anybody that had any interaction realized he had a commanding presence. Right, right. I don't think some of our leaders understand how much of an impact they can have. And and when I worked for the state of Missouri, which I worked for nine years, you didn't talk to the wardens that much. They were very distant. They were part of the administration. So I didn't see them. And then when I came, my first job was at Leavenworth and warden Booker was my first warden there. And he made such an impact on me with the way he treated people um, that I think I did carry that through the rest of my career. And as a leader, I think you need to understand how much effect you have with those little things that you do for those COs, for the people just starting out, uh, because that will last through their career. They will remember you and the things you do. Yeah, so. it, 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 as you had said on some of my quotes on LinkedIn, my, my, my big thing is you you are what you do. You know, people don't want to hear what you have to say. They want to see what you what you actually do every day. Are you going in? Are you visiting the the, the cards? Are you visiting the the briefings? Are you going to the housing units? You know, those things those things are important. Absolutely. So tell me about uh, where'd you go from Raybrook and take me through your um, career it, there. It, it, it was uh, um, I I uh, I really hated to leave uh, Raybrook. Uh, Ray, Raybrook was an amazing. Uh, it, it, like people say, it's a family. It really was a family. It, 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 uh, mm-hmm. uh, my kids were growing up there. It was it was it was it was a, it was a really great experience. But um, I actually left there and I went to the uh, uh, boot camp, uh, the female boot camp in Bryan, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. I, I later was uh, uh, picked up to open a penitentiary in Victorville, California. Um, which mm-hmm. was which was a, a a great a great experience, um, and then um, from there I was at, I, again sent from there to activate another institution, an FCI um, in uh, South Carolina, Williamsburg, South Carolina, uh, and then mm-hmm. from there I went to uh, uh, Devons, Massachusetts. Um, and Devon, Massachusetts, I was I was vehemently against because it was a mental health prison, and that was way out, outside of, of of my you know my realm of expertise. It, it, not yeah. not really anything I'd ever been exposed to. Uh, and I had a warden again that was uh, uh, that was vehemently for me. Go, you're going to go there. You know that's that's going to be an experience for you. And sometimes, like you just talked about, what's great about these wardens is they see things in you you don't see in yourself. 
And what had happened is later I, I, I received, I think, two promotions while I was at Devon. So it was, I, I, they, they, they saw something that was going to be beneficial for me to be there and I, and, and, and it worked out. And then, uh, um, from there, I ended up going to um, uh, Estill, South Carolina, and that's where I finished my career. Okay. Yeah, at Devon's, I worked at Springfield, so I worked mental health down there yeah. for 14 years. So that's a whole different part of corrections. You know, it's it's something that people don't understand, and I don't think the public understands how many mental health people we have serving time in our correctional facilities. There's no place for them to go a lot of times. And some of it's sad, some of it's needed, but you learn a lot working in mental health facilities. Yeah, it, it, so. again, uh, uh, you, you, have to, you have to defer to the people that, that see something in you. And, and, and I will say at that, at that point in time, my kids were in high school. And, um, and, mm-hmm. and, you, and you know how the Bureau is. I had two opportunities actually to go from there to D.C., and uh, and I couldn't. It's not that I couldn't take advantage. I made I made a, I made a family decision not to, not to not to go there, um, mm-hmm. because you know you you only get one opportunity to raise your raise your kids, and they were I, my two oldest kids were in high school, and I would have basically missed uh, all all of their you know after school activities, and and it was just the right yeah. thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. I did the same thing. I held. I held in Springfield until my kids graduated, and then that's when I started taking promotions outside of there. But yeah, you're right. You only get one chance to to raise your kids. You got more than one chance to promote usually. So exactly. Well, so what was your? Which one did you have the most challenges at, or what were some of the challenges in those uh, institutions that you worked at that you remember? Um, I, I would, I would say if, if uh, on, on the leadership side of it, I would say Victorville and, um, and Williamsburg, uh, uh, you don't, nobody likes to admit that, that maybe they're tired or maybe it was exhausting, uh, but activations, doing two activations back to back, I have to admit, took a little, took a little wind out of my sail, but I'll tell you, it was, a, it was, a, a, it was a great experience because, uh, unless, unless you're involved in the hiring, the training, and later supervising position. You just don't know, you right, know. You, and, right. and 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 being and having done that uh, at a U.S. penitentiary and then at FCI, it was a great learning experience, and I, and I wouldn't have traded it for the world. But I have to admit, going through the process, it was a, it was a, it was it was exhausting. And right. and um, and Victorville opened up yeah. off a riot in Lompoc. So it was, um, it, it wasn't a scheduled opening like they normally, like they normally take their time and, 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 uh, place people in there, um, in, in small amounts. It wasn't the same type of experience. Right. Yeah. Um, I can, I can understand what you're talking about, but I will say that activation, what we don't realize sometimes is I learned as much for, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks, I taught rookies. It was the, you know, class after class. And I got to, I got to just give them everything I had, everything I'd learned for 20 years. But at the same time, I learned more in those few weeks than I I think that's where this podcast came from. I think that's where some of the books I've written came from is because I learned so much about myself and what I had done teaching others. And I I think that's something people don't always notice that uh, when you get that chance teach others you're going to learn more about yourself than you will anything else oh i i agree 100 percent. the greatest the, the, the even to date the greatest accomplishment or achievement i, I would say that I, that i've had in my career is i and, and and linkedin is a big part of it because uh um I, i'm able to, to uh resurrect friendships from 30 years ago but it's awesome mm-hmm. to see people that you worked with uh some people that i i coached and i trained um, reach out to you and they've, and they've far exceeded anything you've ever done, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's just an amazing experience. You, you, you really, I get a lot of joy from seeing people that, you know, that are, that are now directors or assistant directors or, uh, j- just, and, 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 and to talk to them now, especially the, the experiences you had with them then, uh, when they may have been a GS five or a GS seven, or you know, it's 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 just amazing to see, like you said, it, it, and for me personally, I get a lot of joy from it. It's great to see those people go on and do not only what you what you would have done, but far exceed that. Yeah, absolutely. So your next, you left the, you retired from the bureau. Yes, and sir. Then and then you went to South Carolina. 
Yes, sir. I worked. I worked uh, for a, a, a jail at Allendale, uh, which was which is their version of a, 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 a an FCI or a level two. It's, it actually mm-hmm. was a, 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 a true privilege to work on that yard because it was the the strongest character yard uh, in the state of South Carolina. But I, I also believe it had to have been one of the strongest in the United States. They uh, they they had I think close to two hundred volunteers, which is something I had never never witnessed. Wow. And the entire yard was a character yard it, it, it was it was an amazing experience it, it what had happened is i toured there as a fed i toured there uh teaching leadership i took my leadership mm-hmm. class there uh, we went there twice and i have to yep. tell you i thought it was fake i thought they were i thought it was i, I thought that it was a performance uh the first time i went there uh, i had never seen anything like it in my life uh, with the with what the populate with what they were getting from the population, uh, and the mm-hmm. second time that, that I went there, I said I'm going to do everything in my power to try to uh, try to be part of this. Wow! So character yard, explain that for um, people. It, it 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 the the units have such a value to the inmates um, that they're they're I can't I can't say easily easily managed, but they 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 the staying in that housing unit has a value to them. Uh, so they, the, even if inmates are coming in there that aren't conforming to what their, um, what the belief system is there the, under that they have mentors and liaisons, um, mm. uh, they kind of self-police for the lack right. of a better word. It was a great, it was a great experience. I knew nothing about it. It was enjoyable. It was really, I learned a lot. I, I learned probably, uh, sure. you know, a, a career worth of information just being there. Cause I'm, I was mostly, I, my career has probably been half operations and half security, but that, that portion of the, of my, uh, um, non-security was not strong. And I learned a mm-hmm. lot. It was a great experience. Excellent. And it's good for them. I, I worked at a, uh, drug treatment program that was part of the Missouri department of corrections that did that. And, and they, they policed each other. You know, it, yeah. it wasn't about, uh, they taught them how to worry about their own self and what they did, but the other inmates would step in and say, Hey, you know, you're, you're not keeping up today and remind them. And it, uh, I saw it work. I did. It was something that, uh, we don't get much of that in prison. Sometimes we don't get to see those programs work all the times. So it's always refreshing when we see something that is working. So, so South Carolina, where'd you go then? I mean, Next institution. I'm I'm, cur- I'm currently at, at at Broad River, um, and and uh, and, and and like I said, I I, I it's a um, uh, level three, which is which is a, a high security. Um, but what I'd have to say is, it, it's really what we had talked talked about earlier. It's really uh, for my age a privilege to be in the agency. This agency is really going the right way and really doing the right thing, um, mm-hmm. and. Um, that, that that's and as far as the leadership from from top down um it's nice to be, it's nice to be where i'm at at this point in my in my career and in my age right and i was going to bring up uh, I've, I've gotten this off corrections one but you see a lot of articles about like uh, this one here which just came out um two days ago new york city corrections department slashes officer training academy in half amid staffing woes and and we see a lot of that but at the same time south carolina has kind of taken a different approach with your recruitment and your uh retention you've actually expanded you how long they're going to academy and, and up their pay quite a bit tell me about some of that I, yeah, like I said, I, I can't take. Uh, I, I I can speak from uh, from from being here and being part of it, but mm-hmm. the administration, you know, uh, our director, Mr. Sterling, and Mr. Anderson, uh, deputy director, their their, you know, uh, their vision uh, is working. See, their vision. Yeah. I like I said, I, I having having done this for thirty years and been part of five agencies, um, uh, whatever the plan, whatever the strategic plan is that they had implemented, it, it's it's working. The, the, I've never been uh, associated with anything where you lower the standard and things get better. So the, the no. lower, you know, the lowering the academy time, I don't see would would benefit anybody. But um, one of the things they've also implemented here is OJT. They have on they have the, the officers come to the academy. I mean, come to the institutions while they're still mm-hmm. in the academy. Academy. And you and you know as well as I do, that's an amazing experience because a lot of times you don't know what that prison is going to be like until you they give you the keys and you're there your first day. So uh, right. it's 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 really good. I, I, they're definitely uh, they're definitely doing the right thing. Hmm. Um. 
What do you think about the new age? 18 years old, but I know you guys are keeping them with an experienced officer, but what do you think about the age? You think people are ready for it at 18 years old? I started at 21, so I wasn't far off that. Yeah, you, you, you and I are pretty much the same. I, uh, I, I don't. Uh, my, my thing is, I think they do a very good job at the academy. Uh, I think that that's that. I mean, uh, for a lack of a better terminology, I think it would have to be a weeding out process. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, uh, because not everybody. I, I'm also a firm believer not everybody should graduate. You know, I mean, and that's my right. personal opinion. That's I'm not, I'm not speaking for the academy. I'm saying not everybody should graduate because this this profession is not for everybody. Um, yeah. So I think I think they do. As a matter of fact, I, I I I think I can speak that they do a really good job. We get the privilege of speaking there for graduation ceremonies periodically, and I always consider that a privilege. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've I had a guest a few shows back who mentioned that uh, his agency was looking at going to eighteen. And he wasn't for it, but then when I take a look at it. Mm, you can take a rifle and go to war at 18. You should be able to, you know, with the right training, you should be able to work inside a correctional center. So yeah, th- three, three yeah. of my five kids were Marine Marines. I signed them over to the U S government at 17. <laughs> so my thing is, is why not if, you know, why not somebody else as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I spoke about when I, when I introduced you that, um, we didn't know each other while we worked at the bureau, but on LinkedIn, like you said, we, we get to keep up with people and I get to meet new people, even though it is virtually. And you were one of the people that I was clicking through and I was like, wow. And I started saving these little tidbits that you were putting out about leadership. And, um, so I want to go through a couple of those and, and have you expand maybe a little bit on some of these and tell me your thoughts and, and where you got some of these, uh, experiences from, you know, that, that, um, sure. Guided some of these principles. And one of them, one of the first ones was if you are in a leadership position, it is your moral obligation to exhibit courage to your staff. If you don't have the tools, acquire them. Staff are our greatest and they deserve good leadership. Talk to me about those tools and exhibiting courage, because I think those are two things that are big in corrections. Well, it doesn't come from from, from uh, 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 you know uh, accomplish, accomplishing anything in front of somebody. When, when when I speak of courage, is you your people are looking to you to make a decision. They're looking mm-hmm. you to t- to take the, the the forward leadership role, and you're obligated to do that for them. They, you're also obligated to look out for their best uh, welfare, whether they're whether they're for it or or not. But um, I would say cumulatively, from all the experiences, all the places that I've been, um, you know, I try to pick up on the things that you you you've seen in people uh, that has been very very positive, and things you've seen that that weren't. And I would say that not not having courage and courage being to stand up in front of people. Sometimes you have to say what's what they have to hear not what they want to hear um Absolutely. and i think they respect that i the 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 the, the new word now is be off is to be authentic be authentic be authentic mm-hmm. well really that should should not be a new idea you should you, everybody everybody can understand what you mean and what you say if you're speaking from your if your heart if you're speaking for 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 real and they can adjust right. accordingly but you should never lie or 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 hide something from from your staff you're never going to get that back should they find out that you were yeah and that goes for inmates too inmates can see um, through that if you're not authentic yeah you know you're exact. You're exact. You're 100 right. And I and, and that's another thing with the academy training. Everybody should be telling them you need to be the best you. You know, what I'm saying you know, the, 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 these portrayal that we sometimes see on TV is 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 misleading. Well, you be be you, and the population will respect that. Absolutely. So here's another one um, that I and this one's got a couple of pieces to it. Basic yeah. principles to remember was something you posted. Share information. Delegate as needed because you're always training your replacement and always be honest and authentic. Your staff will appreciate and be motivated by true leadership. And remember, it is a privilege. And I really like that last part. So you really feel like it's a privilege to be in these leadership positions. Tell me about that. 
No, no, 100%, because these people are counting on you to provide them with the right information. They're, they, they're, they're basically a piece of clay that you're molding, and you're obligated to do the right thing. Um, I, I, I love going to work. I'll tell you, uh, Mike, at the end of every briefing I attend, I tell them three things, and this has been for my entire career. I tell them I love them, I appreciate them, and I thank them for coming to work. Because you should be saying that because we, we're not talking – a lot of those, uh, the buzzwords are human capital or asset. They're, you know what they are? They're people, and they're coming mm-hmm. in to work for you, and you're obligated to, to treat them right. You're obligated to give them the, the tools they need to do their job, whatever that might be. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I can tell you I, I really uh, – uh, again, I really enjoy the interaction with the people, uh, but, I, but I, I do think you're talking about as far as the authenticity and treating them right. You, we, we have an obligation to do that. Yeah, yeah. and Mike, what was the first the first part of that? Uh, share information and delegate as needed. Right. You're always training your okay. Yeah, let me let me hit on that. The sharing information we all we've all worked for, Mike. Some people are the information keepers. You know what I'm saying? My thing is, I've never been in a situation where you haven't sat down at a table and shared your information with five people and gotten a better answer. And I think you know. and I think some of that is driven by ego. I hate to say it, but we're not looking for our best answer. We're looking for the best answer. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, getting together and with with your group and telling them, okay, here's our goal. Here's here's what the executive staff or we're looking to uh, accomplish. How do you think we can get there? I've never sat that down at a table where with numerous officers and got a better idea from them than one I would have came up myself. It a hundred percent. It's always been the cumulative answer is better. Sure, sure. I kind of had the same conversation with some other instructors not too long ago, and somebody, uh, I'd put together a PowerPoint, and they were like, oh, that's really cool. I said, well, give me your flash drive. I'll put it on there. And they were like, you're just going to give it to me? I'm like, yeah, because yeah, I remember the days. If you had a PowerPoint, you didn't let anybody else have it. But like I, we got to oh, talk, yeah. and I said, it's about the student. It's not about me. If I can give you a good PowerPoint and then you can go give a good uh, lecture or speak to the student and they get something from it, that's a win. And I've done that for years. I've given away everything that I've built. I'm fairly good on the computers, so uh, PowerPoints and stuff. And I've always gotten more back from others who want to give back. Hey, I remember that PowerPoint. Have you got this video? Have you got this? And I've always gotten more back than what I ever gave. And I think that's something important to remember also. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you one one hundred percent. The the sharing of that information. We're not. Nobody should be hoarding information. The more people you can give it to, the better we all are. Yeah. So one of the things that everybody's dealing with these days is, um, um, you know, and I don't want to say the millennials and the Generation X <laughs> because I really, I hear these old heads and they're like, oh, these new kids they won't listen, blah blah blah, and I really have a feeling in my heart that that is falling on the old heads. They're not doing enough to train. They're not trying hard enough uh, because I have had millennials and Gen X in my classes and they do a great job and they can do a great job. But um, here was a quote that uh, from one of your posts and I thought this was good. Training is important and definitely has an effect on retention and career long elevation. But let's not forget that it starts with is your agency or department legitimate Can you sell what you're really doing to new staff? Do you do what you promise? This new generation has to see the match. As a profession, we lost a generation of trained staff in two years. That's everyone, city, county, state, and federal. There's simply no easy cure. How do we replace that talent and experience? Start the right way. Attend briefings, visit units, visit your academy, teach classes for new hires, hold honest meetings, We see the problem, and it is us. It is time for the great reset as a profession. Your staff have no idea how great this profession is unless you show them. And I think that's just amazing. Talk a little bit about that. Um, I can tell you feel strong out there. I really do. And and, and, and my thing is, is because I'm, I'm a baby boomer. I'm an end. I'm the end of a, of the baby boomers. But uh, so I'm coming to work if you pay me. So the, the, we're talking with a whole different generation, and you can't fault them because if you really, uh, I don't uh, study. I, I, I haven't studied Gen X or 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 Gen Z or whatever. But I can tell you from practical applications, there's two things you're going to run into: the word why, 
right? And I, and, and I don't mm-hmm. begrudge them that. They, they, they're allowed to ask why. And the other thing yeah. is they want your actions to ma- match your words. And, and they, as uh, like you're saying, these, uh, these in description old heads, we can't be upset with the fact they want that to match. If you're telling people that we're promoting the, the most qualified, right? Mm-hmm. And they're and they're an officer, and they're watching you, and you're and you and you're and you're all talking about uh, retention, retention, retention. We need we need retention. We need to focus on retention. And the people you, you might be promoting, whatever agency, whatever state you're in, don't resemble what you're telling them. You can't be upset that they're <laughs> upset because that's that's the big thing with this generation. They they want what you say you're going to do to match what you're doing, and really. Um, we we have a we have a great opportunity. They don't lack work work. They'll work for you, but mm-hmm. you 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 have to say things that they they believe, and then you have to go through. You have to fulfill your promises. What you told them, They'll, you'll get buy in from them. That's not that's not a problem. The, and 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 the problem is is we 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 did we lost a generation of experience so they don't really know how great the com- the camaraderie can be they really don't know how mm-hmm. great the experience can be how, um we are we are obligated to show them and and tell them educate them on how great this profession is it's an amazing profession but they don't know they only know if they're hearing bad stuff every day it's your job to prove to them what it really exists what the job really is because it, it we all know if, if people have been in it's an amazing opportunity it's 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 a great career um but these these kids are being programmed based off of what they what they hear and they see I'm not saying from uh, uh, people that are there that are that are not happy, but y- you have the opportunity to show them what you experienced, to impart your feelings and what you mm-hmm. went through on them. And we really need to do that. We we can't complain. We've got to be proactive. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this generation is also more susceptible. I think you used to have some old guys who did their own thing, and they would sit in the corner and ignore a lot of stuff. But I think – how we walk into our institution, I talked about this in the last episode, carries a lot of weight with this generation. If you walk in in a bad mood, you can yes. tell them things are good all you want. But if you're walking in kicking the trash can, uh, you're going to bring them down quicker than I think you did maybe the generations before. Same principle. If you walk in positive, if you're walking in you know, promoting change and making things better, they're going to jump in behind you because that's what they want. And, uh, I, I think our leadership can take a look at some of that and, and look at how, and it's easy for all of us to come in for the bad day, but for eight hours, you got to come in and you got to be there for the others that work with you. I think. Well, I, I agree. And, and, and what, I, and what I, what I would like to say, Mike, is I believe uh, a lot of it is top down. It really is. Your, mm-hmm. what, what we're saying, even to our, uh, here, here, here's a, a, another, uh, point. I believe that the people that attend CLIA and the people that attend these ACA conferences right now are doing an amazing job with what they have. The problem is 15 years ago, we, they didn't have the focus on retention. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think our, our goal right now, I mean, I mean, everybody's retention, 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 and we're doing the right thing. The problem, that isn't the problem. They're going to reap the rewards from what they're doing now, but it might be three, five, 10 years from now, from right now. The problem is, 15 years ago, we hired people that were command and control and not focused on retention. So mm. that is where, that's where the rub is with this new generation. Your, yeah. my, my local leadership might not be resonating what, what the, what, what we're, what we're saying we're for now, but mm-hmm. really that was a 15 or 10 year ago hiring problem, not a right now problem. Right. Right. And with the retention and much like South Carolina's doing, I was involved with a, a round table with corrections one. And that's what I said at the beginning of the year was training equals retention for this new generation. You might be able to keep one of these 15, 20 year guys with a, with a monetary bonus right now. Hey, we'll give you 3%. If you stay another year that works for those guys that are invested, it's not working for the people who are brand new in here. They want training. They want to know that they're growing. They want to know that there's something ahead of where they're at now. I don't think you're going to find too many. And I remember, and there's nothing wrong with it. I remember the the GS8s for life in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. You know, it's all I ever want to be. 
I don't think you see that as much now with this generation. I think they're always looking for the next leadership experience. Yeah, I, I, Mike, I can tell you when I when I was involved in uh, the processing at Victorville, there had to be five department heads on a, on a, on a, to process uh, uh, new staff members in for the, for the interview process, mm-hmm. and they basically had the same three questions. It was. Um, let me remember exactly their concerns. They, 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 they didn't have, they didn't, they weren't interested in a pension. Mm-hmm. They couldn't see themselves uh, there in five years, but they did want your job. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I, Mike, when I say it, I thought they were in the parking lot, handing that piece of paper around, we had to hire 600 people. And, and I would say a majority of the people that came in all had, all had that three, uh, those three things were their focus. Interesting. Wow. Very interesting. Hey, I want to, I skipped past this earlier, but I want to talk about it. It says you're a graduate of NIC's leadership and development for the future. Talk to me about that. Yes, sir. Um, That was, uh, I I took that class in, uh, I believe it was uh, 90, no, 2001 or 2003. I'm sorry. It was 2000. It was was 2001 or 2002. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, And it was great. I took it when you had to travel to Aurora, Colorado. Uh, okay. and, 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 and it was taught there and, and, um, uh, it was, uh, it was a chief psychologist and it was two professors. It was great. Anyway, it was a great class. And again, that was, a um, they were explaining to you that at, what, what had happened is the bureau had grown, the bureau had grown and opened up a bunch of prisons. And mm-hmm. what they, what they noticed was the pool of people that were backfilling these positions were not the same as the initial group that they, that they had. And they realized mm-hmm. they had a problem. Um, and, and so they started making, uh, uh, everybody was, uh, uh, potentially a future AW or award in order to, uh, attend this course. And it was 18 months long. And we went out, we flew out to Colorado every three months, but, uh, it was a great course. Um, it, it, it is, it explained to you what type of learner you were, what, what if you were a visual learner, um, if you, if you, it, it broke down, um, what you were good at as well as what you, you were not, what, what you were failing at as far as moving up that, that, uh, leadership uh, pyramid. It was, I, I, it was, it stretched me. It was like a, a grad studies course for me. I'm not going to lie. It was, uh, <laughs> and then we had a project at the end. Um, the project I was involved with had to do with classification, uh, improving classification again, outside mm-hmm. of my, you know, my wheelhouse. Um, but it was a really, really good course. The, the, the objective of it, of it though was how to, Use positive your your positive side to affect your uh, your your sphere of influence. I think is what how they they worded it, um, and I loved okay. it. It, it. It was really it, now it was years after that before I got. Uh, I was also I also did uh, was part of another thing with the Bureau of Prisons was a uh, excellence. It was uh, correctional excellence. They 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 had mm-hmm. a, a, a a similar to what you and I are doing a podcast which was a intranet it, it ran on our intranet uh for, for the mm-hmm. for the bureau uh but both were, were both were very similar they're, they're trying to trying to uh, use the positive side of what we did to 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 move forward and and, and it was good I, I i use i use probably stuff from that class now now more than i ever have really cool yeah um and what about this warden exchange program what did you when that, did you that was that, that was a, what did you get from that uh uh, now that was recently. Now that was that was probably last year. My 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 warden had to pick cohorts, and I had I, it was a privilege to be included in in that. That was a really good course, and that was um, uh, a lot about what we what what we just went over on the uh, LinkedIn. It's about mm-hmm. uh, Im- improving your step your staffing, your, how people receive the job in order to get the same type of, of, of uh, uh, a feeling from the population. Good officers create a good environment, create a good prison. And it was, it was really good. It was a lot of eye-opening uh, stuff. I really, I, I really enjoyed it. It was good. Now, I could have used that when I was at Allendale because Allendale actually – what they talked about was that type of practical application, how the, how the, having the positive reinforcement from the officers help the positive reinforcement from the, uh, uh, the men that were incarcerated. Excellent. So did you actually go somewhere or was, did a bunch of wardens get together for that? A bunch of wardens got together and we got to, we got to attend via this, just like this. It was a, okay. uh, it okay. was like a, like a zoom, zoom meeting. Excellent. It was, it was a challenging, it was good. I enjoyed it. Good, good. 
Uh, so what have you got going now? What's coming up? What are you working on? Anything new? No, no. Uh, the, like I said, we're, we're all pretty much buying in. Um, uh, SEDC uh, just recently hired uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Antonelli from the Bureau of Prisons as a, as a, uh, a prison director. Uh, Absolutely. So we're, we're, there's, there's just a, yeah, there's just a lot of, yeah, a, a great guy. There's just a lot of positivity around what's going on at SCDC, and it's a, uh, it's good. It's good to be on board. I, I, I enjoy where I'm at. I enjoy uh, the team. Uh, you know as well as I do. It, uh, I, I commute over almost two hours one way uh, to get to work oh, wow. each day. Yeah. And uh, and I and I and I do that just to be part of the the, the team. It's it, it's it's a great opportunity, and, and and it also has to do with my age and and uh, and, and time in in corrections. Some uh, um, I had a warden tell me years ago. Um, sometimes it, it, you're either going to get the job you want or location you want. It's very yeah. odd you're going to get both. <laughs> yeah, I could believe. I, yeah, that's held true. That's held true over the years. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to say, if you haven't followed, uh, Warden Fredericks on LinkedIn, he puts out a lot of motivational stuff. Um, I'm going to keep looking and I'm going to keep, uh, stealing your little stuff and putting it on a note on my computer, uh, to keep me motivated. But, uh, I thank you so much for your leadership and, and you know, I don't work with you specifically, but I mm-hmm. still get that, that leadership and that motivation just from listening to you on LinkedIn. So thank you for being on the podcast and, uh, anything else you want to leave us with? Uh, really the only thing I would say is that, that the, the one thing that means a lot uh, to me, if, if you, if, if I could push it down is make sure you care, you know, that's probably the most important thing I would say as, as far as a future leader or, or whatever, make sure you care, uh, the, that, that comes out. It resonates with your staff. It resonates with the executive staff, uh, re- resonates with the agency. Uh, you need to come in there every day and, and, and care about the people that work for you. Um, they're extremely important and we owe it to them. But other than that, um, it's, uh, if you're thinking about corrections, uh, please think hard. It's a great profession. It's a respectable profession. Um, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you very much. Thank you for being on here. Have a great day. Thank you. If you enjoy these podcasts, the best way to support the Prisoner Officer Podcast is to share these episodes with your friends or or family on social media. Let me invite you to visit www.theprisonofficer.com. If you haven't already, check out the Prison Officer Podcast on Facebook and click that little follow button. Or leave us a message, or better yet, leave us a review. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, or Spotify, please click the subscribe button. Until next time, I'm Mike Cantrell. Watch your back, and please take care of each other out there behind those walls.